Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the HP Podcast, your weekly gaming podcast from handsomephantom.com. I'm your host, as always, Dustin, here with me, beautiful boys, Brandon. Hey. And Ben. Greetings. And from over the interwebs, we have our number one Canadian boy, Dave. What's up, Dave? Good evening. Thanks for having me, fellas. Welcome back. How are you doing? I, I'm doing good, surviving, um, doing the best I can. I'm. Uh, this is actually my, I, I think this is the first time I've been on this show. So uh, it's really, be, yeah, yeah, this is the first time on the regular HP show. Wow. He's been on After Dark several times. Right. Yep. Phil's yep. replacement. That's yep. right. <laughs> it's about to be permanent, boy. So, uh, yeah, we're excited to have you on. For anyone who doesn't know Dave, Dave is our uh, executive editor. Senior editor. Senior editor. Yeah. Well, you could be an executive, too. I mean, Whatever, why not? who cares? Executive senior editor. I hear the pay, I hear the pay is the same. So <laughs> That's right. It the all pay, pays the and same. And so are the responsibilities. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, Dave, you've written some stuff recently for us over at Handsome Phantom. Uh, is there anything you want to plug right now, right off the bat? Um, go play Godfall when it's $20. It's worth your time for at least 10 hours. That's all I'll plug. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. You did that big article all about Godfall. So I think that's a good, I feel like so many of the takes right now about that game are just like, it's bad. Skip it. You know what I mean? So to hear a little bit, bit of nuance is good. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it, it's, it, it's worth uh, at least a bit of time. Um, it, I think some of the opinions on the comment have been a bit polarizing, but uh, I think it, it's got a really good combat system. So it's worth a look at least for that. But maybe not a full price. But anyways, just at some point. Is that, is that $20 Canadian or $20 US? Well, $20 US is about uh, 800, <laughs> $872 Canadian. So. Okay. Gotcha. Right. Okay. <laughs> just making sure. Yeah. So for anyone out there who doesn't know, this show is brought to you from our patrons over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom. Uh, if you go over there and sign up to support us, you can get this show early at just the one dollar level. We also have a three dollar level where you can get early access to HP After Dark, which is our off topic show that we just put out a new episode. This month's episode is out now. So you're going to want to check that out for sure. And if you already signed up there. Thank you. Thank you. We really appreciate it. It means a lot. So why don't we just get right into the let's, news? Let's do it. Let's go. Okay. So the first one, this one was a bit of a surprise today. If I'm being 100% honest, Red Dead Online is getting released as a standalone game 
on December 1st. And so it has a special introductory price of $4.99, but that's only until February 15th. And after that, it'll be $20. And so this is just the online, Red Dead Online, which I'm a little curious about what you guys either not only think, but what you've been hearing about this, because I feel like it was not even a big splash at launch, and it's just been kind of middling ever since. Yeah. I'll, I'll start. If you, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. When you just said it is the first I heard. Of really? It. So I, I didn't know that. So just all these thoughts are new to me. Um, one, I don't understand why they're not making it free, because isn't GTA Online free? No. 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 You have to have the game. Well, see, I've never not had the yeah. game, so I didn't know that. Uh, but it's just the amount of money they make on those online, on Rockstar Online games at least GTA, is staggering. So I don't know why they put a uh, price barrier there for you to get into it. Uh, but with that said, I may have heard since almost two years ago now, since Red Dead Online came out, I might have heard people talk about it three or four times. Right, yeah. So it's really surprising to me that it still exists, let alone that it's going to be standalone. Yeah, I can agree with that. I've heard it mostly around when something new comes out. And even those new things are very quickly gone, at least from my feeds. So um, I'm not surprised necessarily. I don't know that it's the best idea to, well, I guess it breathes new life into it, right? Because maybe somebody doesn't want to bite the bullet on the whole game, but they want. And I would say this is their more underperforming of the two between the GTA and the oh, normal. Yeah. Oh, by, so, for sure. So, you know, by a long shot. So... I would get why they'd want to re-up themselves on it. And I'm hoping that that means some PF, some more PS5 support. But so far, there hasn't been nothing that I've seen. So Right. Dave, was did you play any of Red Dead Online? I didn't. And, you know, I, I did see that news today that came out. And I got to be honest, it did pique my interest. And the price is right, especially, you know, from the outset. Um, I was actually just thinking earlier this summer... Um, Grand Theft Auto and I think the online portion, they were free on Epic Games Store. I'd be curious to see how many people actually stuck around and are playing like GTA Online consistently. But I mean, I'd I'd definitely check out that ecosystem after, you know, for for five bucks a month standalone. Um, Yeah, no, I, 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 again, I had a feigning interest before, but with this news, I'd I'd probably check it out. Is it five bucks a month? Five bucks, period. Is it five bucks? Yeah, five bucks period what will get you in yeah. at it's, least introductory right, right. It, around february i would it say february 15th they're raising the price to a one-time 20 dollar fee to get in yeah. so <clears throat> my idea of this game is that i don't know that the campaign itself or like the main story would be for everybody right especially it can be slow at points the mechanics are sometimes very rpg like like to the you have to work around your camp whatever so i feel like it gives you the taste of the red dead without necessarily all the work Mm -hmm. but how much is the full game right now it's 20 bucks it can't be that much i saw some non-confirmed rumors of maybe a collection coming at some point yes i did see that too so i wonder if this is kind of like the get it in your minds again type thing I mean, the the fact that it's going standalone tells me that they are going to support this long term. 
So, I mean, if, if they're indicating that sort of thing, then that's probably a good reason to jump in. Cause you know, if you, if yeah. you end up liking it, then, then, you know, it's going to be around for a while. So that's yeah. always good to see. How old is GTA five? And they consistently like every couple months put out new cars, new skins. There's a new like map. Yeah. They, it's like a small Island or something that they just added. It's yeah. the first time they've added Insane. a new thing, a whole new map. Yeah. Right. So is Ray Duncan excited about GTA online for free? Uh, or not GTA Online, um, Red Dead Online for free. No, really. I think he played it a little bit, but yeah. mostly he's a GTA man. Right. Um, but there's been... There's very few hookers in, <laughs> in Red Dead. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> getting bathed isn't enough. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, no, no. I, I mean, I think it's good. I'm hoping that some of the issues I had with it previously, like the way the economy works, yeah. I think have been fixed slowly throughout time. And I'm hoping now they just continue to tighten that up. Um, but I'm not the kind of person who wants to put all my time into the GTA online or the Red Dead online. So I'm hoping I'm able to be rewarded, even if I don't want that to be my only game. Because it seems like, at least GTA at this point, kind of seems like a games as a service type thing. Like, you got to play right. it all the time. There's always new stuff coming out. And the time you have to put in to be able to get these new things is a lot, usually. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I never really played GTA Online very much. Um, almost at all, actually. And one, one of the big reasons that I quit playing World of Warcraft is because I know if I get sucked into something like that, I will not stop playing. Kind of like I am with Warzone right now. Right. Yeah. Like, I just want to play it all every night. Yeah. Just, it's fine. Whatever. I'm just going to play it every night. Right. And I'm like, I don't need another game like that. Yeah. Right now. So it is worth briefly mentioning that supposed leak of the, it, it was basically an Amazon listing that was called uh, Red Dead Redemption, the Outlaws collection or the Outlaw collection. And it was just like a listing on Amazon that said that it included a remaster of Red 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 Dead Redemption 1 and it included Red Dead Redemption 2. The thing though about that leak was that I looked at it and I was like someone could have made this. Like this could have been an easy Photoshop job. Right. A convincing one. So that would be exciting though. Right. I mean, I feel like it wouldn't be it would be labor intensive for them to to remaster the first one, but they have the map already remade yeah. Yeah. in Red Dead 2. Well, that's the thing, and it gets you thinking. It gets the wheels turning. I mean, whenever I found that out initially, it made sense that there would be something like this at some point because right. they've already done, assumedly, a lot of the work. Mm -hmm. But I guess it's hard to say. That would be, you know, if we're looking at how uh, Rockstar has operated in the past. So GTA Five was out on 360 PS3. Then they had everyone buy it again on PS4 and it had all the PS4 upgrades. This could be a way that they're like, hey, we have a PS5 version of Red Dead 2. You got to buy it again, but it will include this yeah. remaster is, in it. Is Red Dead and GTA the new Skyrim? Put I mean, to everything? at this point, I'm surprised that they haven't made like a... a First of all, they, the fact they haven't put GTA 5 on Switch is surprising because I think it could do it. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it ran on 360. Right. So, and we know that it's around there, if not more. But 
Not to say it wouldn't look awful. Right. Or, but it might run. Mm-hmm. Probably. I mean, I, just- I heard a lot of bad things about the, um, the Assassin's Creed um, sort of rebel collection that they did on Switch. I would have yeah. a hard time believing that GTA could run at a somewhat playable level on Switch. I'd love yeah. to see it, but yeah, man. And I mean, I'm I'm even seeing. I don't. Wasn't there some weird faux ray tracing that they put on Fortnite for Switch? I didn't hear about that at all. Uh, okay. Anyway, I could be wrong, but I'm I'm seeing. Obviously, you get some of these. It's anecdotal, but I'm seeing even people in the middle of playing games having overheating warnings. Oh wow! And their switch shuts off. I was seeing that on people were complaining on Fortnite. So you got to think, how far can that hardware be pushed? Yeah. So I mean, they got The Witcher Three on Switch, which the funny thing is that that port of Witcher Three obviously is not. It's not going <laughs> to compare to the other versions, right? But. For what it is, it's supposed to be a very impressive, well done port of it. So it could be possible. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it could be done. So, anyway, yeah, Red Dead Online, if you're interested in checking that out, that'll be December 1st that you'll be able to get that. Of course, it'll be backwards compatible uh, on PS5 and Series X if you want to check it out there. Guys, this next news story, very, very exciting, in my opinion. Is it and Tomba? Then I think, Is it Tomba? No, it's not. I'm waiting for don't the day, though. Don't even tease him. Don't, don't even. Don't say that, Dave. <laughs> Sorry. Wait, what were you saying to me? I'm saying that, Ben, this announcement, uh-huh. I thought of you. Okay. When I, well, I'm sure you heard this already, but IO Interactive, the developers of Hitman, have revealed their next project after Hitman 3 launches this upcoming January. The working title is Project 007. A James Bond game. And so from their uh, post on their on their blog, they said Project 007 is a brand new James Bond game, James Bond video game to be developed and published by IO Interactive, featuring a wholly original Bond story. Players will step into the shoes of the world's favorite secret agent to earn their 00 status in the very first James Bond origin story. IO Interactive is currently recruiting elite talent from around the world to join the team that will build out this exciting and unique gaming title. Ben, you're a Bond fan. Yep. How did this make you feel? I liked it. I like I liked the announcement. Uh, I was pretty excited, but mostly because I feel like all the Bond games, not that there's been a good one in a long time and never a stellar one, all the Bond games have been very much your James Bond and your Invincible. And it just made me think about like if they integrate the tone of Hitman into the bond, into a Bond game and the stealthiness, and they could kind of make the James Bond game more like the James Bond character, as opposed to even something like Goldeneye. When you mm-hmm. think about Goldeneye, yeah, we all have fond memories of Goldeneye, uh, but if you look back at it, it's not. It was not that impressive. It was just fun, and we all had it. So I'm really interested to see what they do and to see what style of game they make it. Um, if they make it, obviously you don't want a Hitman clone from even if it's from the people who made Hitman. But if they make it similar to that, where there's lots of objectives and uh, even add in at least a portion of the stealth that Hitman has, I think it could be a real a real hit. And the IP alone, just having the 007 name behind it is going to catapult them forward 
and they should have no problem with funding. They should have no problem with a player base. And I can, I would very much find it hard to believe that they would not put in some sort of multiplayer with it as well. Really? To try to recreate a little bit of that GoldenEye 64. Yeah. Interesting. I, this is good news for me as well. Um, I have always been a 007 fan. I watched a ton of them with my family. Um, and I haven't played a whole lot of the video games. Weirdly enough, I mostly played Nightfire, the PS2 version. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the PS, the game that came out on PS2, rather. Um, but I don't know why I never married these two ideas of Hitman and 007. Not that they're identical by any means. But I feel like that's a good match. Like, when Insomniac was making Spider-Man, I was like, okay. This, this seems like this could be a good match. They could do this right. And they did. With Io, I'm thinking to myself, okay. Like him, man. Okay. Kind of. Even if it's marginally like him, man. I feel like you got something there. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of what my initial thought. I was like, man, this is an awesome, like, perfect situation of the the right developer with the right ip you mentioned insomniac that's the first thing that comes to mind right. i was like this yeah. is yeah. this is what this feels right yeah dave do is either hitman or james bond something that appeals to you yeah absolutely i i think it 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 should really appeal to everyone because they're fantastic properties but I, I mean the first thing that came to mind is i really like to see when developers get these opportunities to take proven movie properties but they're given creative freedom to sort of make it their own so i'm thinking of like mad max fury road or um the shadow of war shadow of mordor kind of things where it's like it's in this universe but you guys go do your own thing with it so i just think with those two things there it's uh it's it's probably you know we should all have high hopes for it because it sounds sounds like a match made in heaven to dave's point the the piece that stood out to me the most was that they said it was going to be a wholly original story yeah and i feel like the movie tie-in games always just struggle with getting my interest because i'm like well if i'm interested in the movie i'm going to watch it and then the story of the game is not going to be any kind of interesting to me if i watch the movie whether i liked it or not because it's the movie Right. Just in yeah. game form. Yeah. So like give me an experience all on its own. So right. that's that is exciting. I agree with you. And there. especially origin story. Oh, that's yeah. always interesting to me. Oh, and um, I mean there's a in the in the Fleming novels, there's a little bit of origin with James Bond, but not a lot. Yeah. I I think what is gonna be interesting from the, the gameplay perspective is that Hitman is not I mean, you can play Hitman as an action game right. so to say but it's not really the way it's intended to be played not at all yeah yeah you can go guns blazing right but. but it's definitely not ideal so they're gonna have to adapt sort of i think and i think this is what the ideal situation is that it's kind of adapts that hitman formula make it a little more actiony you're gonna have to have a car chase right. of some kind in there i want to be in the dbz you gotta show off let the cars. me be yeah so yeah, I'm I'm really excited about this. And I think it's cool that I, and I think you guys are right about the fact that they can tell their own original story. And I guess the question now that I have for you guys is that how how much do you want to see them diverge from traditional bond? Like, is it possible that we get a female? I mean, they did say James Bond specifically. So right. James, they might change that. They'd have to change the name. Right. But. I don't know. Does that already say that there's there's no way they would do a female bond or something? Yeah. 
I think that they're probably going to at least that generally going to stick to the formula. Um, I don't know that it's going to be incredibly traditional, but I don't think they would go that far away from it necessarily. I feel like they, they got the name recognition and I feel like even though headband has been successful by no means has it been unsuccessful. Is it possible that with this property that it could make it even, you know, skyrocket it even more? Because I don't know the numbers on Hitman. I mean, they sell well, but I wouldn't say it's like Warzone type or like anything near that. Is it possible that it could skyrocket it into another realm? I think the the interesting thing about this latest iteration of Hitman is that the first one kind of meandered because I think that people were turned off by the episodic nature. Mm -hmm. And I think Hitman 2... I don't want to say it was a sleeper hit, but I think it gained a lot of recognition through word of mouth. And I think Hitman 3 is going to be huge as one of the first big marquee titles for for next gen. And so with all of these factors at play, I think this game could be really big in yeah. a lot of different ways. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But now to go back to what you were saying, I, I think it would make sense for them to at least stick mostly to the formula. But I can see them doing some really wild things. Right. Um, with the actual gameplay itself. Maybe not some of the ideas, if that makes sense. Right. So part of part of what makes James Bond James Bond to me is the the macho nature, you know, the, the almost toxic masculinity, if you want to use a <laughs> pop, popular term. Um, the suaveness, the fact that he is successful with the ladies, like that's what makes the character who they are. Uh, that's very true to the original movies. That's very true to the Fleming novel. So for James Bond, at least for this game, I want to see them from a non-practical standpoint, stick with James Bond. From a very practical standpoint, they have to stick with James Bond because it will sell more than a female James Bond. Whether that's good or bad, that's just the reality of it. Now, if they want to introduce in the second game, they want to bring in a female 00 they want to bring in whatever. Great. That's awesome. Sure. Um, you know, the, the James Bond, if they want to say he's black now, perfect. Great. The, I don't have a problem with that. But he's got to be a man for him to be James Bond canon. If they want to make him something else later, go for it. Yeah. Dave, I, you know, this could be something special for you. They could, you know, bring in Idris Elba. They've been. Oh, they've talked about him for the movies. My I would boy. absolutely. Oh my god, Dave, you're a big. That was a thing that we discovered at PAX <laughs> is that you were like this huge Idris Elba fan, right? Yeah, he's on the he's on the list. I, I've got a list of uh, of of men I would go gay for. So, um, given the opportunity, why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, very. What's not the love? <laughs> I mean, he was voted what GQ's like most sexy man of the year. A couple years back and i don't disagree by any means right i mean i dare you to try to think of someone better really right? come on one thing that and carrick i believe said this when i was talking to him on on ham radio that was a really excellent point is that one thing that will really be different is that a big part of hitman is the disguises yeah right and james bond is the type that like blows something up and then like fixes his tie right he's <laughs> always wearing the suit yeah yeah 
So James Bond doesn't disguise himself James, because then he wouldn't be James Bond. Yeah, right. He doesn't strangle a clown and then put on his outfit <laughs> right. to go to the party. Yeah. You know, like though where it does fit is that Hitman does have like this quirky fun side to it where like I could see James Bond like he get he, there's like lasers like he has like a rubber ducky that shoots out a laser that like yeah. melts someone's face the or something. gadgets are a huge component of the 007 right right and that and that's something that isn't hitman you know the the exploding briefcases the poison this the poison that you know whatever that seems like something that marries well with those two anyway right only um now that we're not if we're not talking about the game anymore sure just kind of related the last bond movie that was released wait am i saying that right uh Spectre. Was it Skyfall or Spectre? It was Spectre, Spectre. I believe. But I'm trying to think of which one was which. Yes, the last one that was released, Spectre. Uh there were parts of it in Italy, in Rome. I was in Rome where they were filming on the street with one of the car chases. Like Whoa. we were staying on oh, that street. Shit. That's awesome. And we got the like we weren't allowed to go anywhere near the street because it was all closed down and everything. But like from the third floor of the building we were in. You could see every like everything happening. It's yeah. very slow and boring to watch. <laughs> yeah, You're like, like all right, well, uh, Daniel Craig might be here somewhere. Yeah. There's probably like 15 full seconds of awesomeness, and yeah. then it's a lot of rearranging. Yeah. And like before they did some explosion or crash scene or something, I can't remember. It, it was right out of our eyesight, but it was like two hours of build up for them to do one run, and then they had to film it again. Right, and it was like two more hours when we were yeah. finally like. Guys, we got to do something else. We're in Rome right now. Yeah. We're looking at the road. Yeah. <laughs> We're looking at a bunch of actors yeah. and uh, more likely set hands yeah. just walking around. Yeah. So sometimes I put news stories in this show that are simply just for me. Okay. And this one is just for me. Okay. And you guys are going to be along for the ride. Cool. A new Kingdom Hearts game <laughs> appears to be in the works. Is that funny, Dave? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Series director Tetsuya Nomura in an interview with Dengeki Online said, quote, I intend to tie up remaining loose story ends, but also want to change the format a bit. I want to drastically change the world and tell a new story, but also tie up the loose ends. I have more, but real quick, dude. You should have tied these loose ends up in Kingdom Hearts 3. How? There is nothing but loose ends. How in many Hearts. ends does he want to tie? Yeah. <laughs> His fingers are going to hurt. <laughs> He's created too many loose ends. He, it's an, an impossible task. He goes on and said, quote, if we make a Kingdom Hearts game for next gen consoles, it's going to be released after many other companies have already released their titles. So I believe we'll have to make something that could compete. Of course, that's only a hypothetical since we haven't announced that there will be a new title for PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X. 2022 will be the 20th anniversary of Kingdom Hearts. We're working to deliver good news, so I hope you'll keep an eye on us until then. So, this is exciting and not exciting for me because as a Kingdom Hearts fan, I'm just tired. I need to be... <laughs> but the Kingdom Hearts in, in me needs to be just put down to rest for a very long time. You were done after Kingdom Hearts 3. You were exhausted after the DLC. Yes. Of the franchise. Which, dude, <laughs> you know the rhythm game that just came out yes. for $60, which I just can't believe that they charge full price for that. There is a essential lore at the Are end of serious? the game. I believe yeah. it. 
Yeah, I, they they definitely like tied up where the story is going next in the rhythm game. Dude, wow. in goofy years, the series has been alive <laughs> way too long. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that, in all seriousness, like Kingdom Hearts has gotten so outrageous for me that like yeah i'm really just along for the ride right and it's nostalgic for me it's one of those things that like kingdom hearts 3 was disappointing overall but that's okay is, like is, it exists is what that does that feel like what fast and the furious fans feel like i think that they are more in denial though because they still claim that it's good it's good yeah yeah because like fast and the furious was like somewhat legitimate franchise at first the first few movies they were crazy, but they were somewhat legitimate. Now it's just like, let's see if we can jump a car out of a skyscraper into another skyscraper and land perfectly. Was it over after Tokyo Drift for you guys? It was for me. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've never seen a Fast and Furious movie. It, oh, wow. It's, it's not about the cars, and it's always been about the cars for right. me. Anyway, I know we're talking about King It's about Mars, family. But any, <laughs> it's all it, about family. <laughs> it's about <laughs> space explosions. Right. Um, But... Yeah, man, I'm just curious. I'm so confused when companies do the, these strange, fragmented stories that are all supposedly tied together. Um, I think it's encouraging that they said they're going to try and tidy some stuff up. But from what I understand, their past record has not really been stellar as far as that goes. And is you're this? right. There is Kingdom Hearts 2.8, a fragmentary passage. <laughs> so literally a fragmented story. Wow. Sorry, Dave, I cut you off. What were you going to say there? No, this this almost sounds like an admission of they realize how how far how far gone they are from just sort of a linear storyline. Do you think what we're going to get is is not a numbered sequel, but rather, a, I don't know, a spinoff, a, a new beginning, sort of like Mass Effect Andromeda, just to say we've gone too far. Let's do something where people who haven't played the previous games will actually want to pick this up without any apprehension. You know, Dave, that would make sense, but I don't think that that will be the case <laughs> at all. Okay, just come down the rabbit hole with me for just a moment. Uh -oh. Where where I believe Kingdom Hearts is going. <laughs> we we might need a playoff music <laughs> if this takes too long. I'll make it as quick <laughs> as possible, but that's also going to make it very confusing. That's okay. In Kingdom Hearts 3, in the Toy Story world, there are toys for this Final Fantasy looking game. I can't remember what it's called, uh, but you see a trailer for this Final Fantasy type game that you can see within the Toy Story world. Those characters end up showing up in the ending like bonus video that when you beat the game, the characters in this Final Fantasy type world I'm already lost <laughs> look like. The original version of Final Fantasy 15 that Nomura was directing before he got taken off the project and it completely changed into something else. So we now know that Sora and Riku are in this weird Final Fantasy world that was found within the Toy Story level of Kingdom Hearts 3. Wow. And so that is the direction that they're going in is this weird pseudo Final Fantasy world. Did I? I know I lost you guys, so but. Is this world only existent in Toy Story? <laughs> no, it's not in Toy Story. It's in the Toy Story world inside Kingdom Hearts. So, Dustin, all the other worlds. <laughs> yes, Dave. Can I challenge you to? Because I've always been just interested in the series, but I realized how just convoluted it's gotten. Can I challenge you to make me and hopefully some of the listeners who are in a similar position to me a Kingdom Hearts in three minutes video? 
Just wow. tell me what I need to know. Can you do it? I don't think it's physically possible. I mean, you could tell a very extremely generalized version, maybe. That Toy Story story, uh, story took you three minutes. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and I still don't know anything more about it. <laughs> Aside from it might be like Final Fantasy. I caught that. Yeah. Dude, let me just tell you, and this is a technically a spoiler for Kingdom Hearts 3, so skip 30 seconds if you care. There's a part at the end of Kingdom Hearts 3 where there are three characters that all have the same looking face and body and all have the same voice actor, but they are all three different characters at the same time. So this is the level of fuckery. Say no more, fam. That in and of itself is just terrifying to me. Because it's uh, Roxas, who is Sora's nobody, and then there's the actual Roxas, and then there's the... Never mind. The meta, the meta Roxas? Yes. I, just just I, to put it out there, I played Kingdom Hearts 1, and I was like, okay. And then Kingdom Hearts 2 came out, and I was like, eh, I don't know. And then I heard how crazy it was, and I was like, definitely not. And then all the spinoffs in between 1 and 2 and between 2 and 3, I was like, definitely not. And then 3 came out, and I was like, are you kidding me? So to Dave's point, if they tried to make it a little more grounded, it might bring somebody like me back in who didn't dislike the first game. It just didn't didn't want make me devoted to it forever. Yeah. But I don't think that's possible now. The other thing that I'll say just to add to not to add to the confusion, but to, in the direction, one of the cliffhangers they end with, they end Kingdom Hearts three with is involves the characters from the mobile game. Dude, I was just going to make a joke about not wanting to play because I didn't play the Motorola Razor <laughs> phone version of the game. And it's true. You've done it for me. Reality is truly stranger than fiction. The The issue with the Kingdom Hearts series is that the spinoffs are not spinoffs. Every single, <laughs> ex except for the Razor game, which is funny that you mentioned that because there is a Razor game. I literally guessed a, an old phone that I remembered. Brandon, there's literally a and Kingdom Hearts so phone game from that era. I wish I knew that. I didn't. It is the only game. Well, maybe not the only, but it's one of the few that's not canon. But literally like the iPhone game, the Game Boy game, the DS game, the 3DS game all contain essential parts of canon. Perfect. So, and the rhythm game. Guys, I'm going to I'm going to yeah. die if we keep talking about and this. I have to move game. on. And I like it. That's we were the only part. indulging you. Just so you know. I know. But I, I, okay. I. I played with the devil there. Yeah. And I went too far. Yeah. So we need to move on to the last news story. Capcom. Did you guys hear about this Capcom leak? Yes. So mm -hmm. basically there was a, a ransom uh, hack where basically a hacker got a bunch of information, held it up for ransom. Capcom said, fuck you. And so they leaked all this information. Unfortunately, a lot of employee information was leaked alongside of it. So that's a, a bad thing. Right. But we did get a list of their upcoming schedule, their tentative schedule of games. So I wanted to read you guys the list and then you can let me know if any of these games uh, stand out to you guys. In quarter four, 2021, Resident Evil Outrage. In, I'm just going to say the year instead of the quarters. In 2022, Dragon's Dogma 2. Yep. Street Fighter 6. Uh -huh. And Mega Man Match. Oh, and the last one for 2022. Resident Evil 4 Remake. We'll go by year. 
So I guess that was one of those was 2021. We know about remake though, about four remake. What about that? Didn't we know about four remake? We we assume we got strong leaks, strong rumors about it. Well, I've just been under the assumption it was coming even before this leak. So right. So the big one there, I mean, obviously Resident Evil 4 remake, we kind of already knew about that. But Dragon's Dogma 2, a lot of people really excited about that. Yeah. And of course, Street Fighter 6. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Inevitable, right? Yeah. Brandon, does that one excite you at all? I know you kind of uh, liked 5. Yeah, it does. I think that I'm always waiting to get into Street Fighter, and I never have, even though I own 5. Uh-huh. Um, it just has never caught me like other fighters have and i i don't know why that is hmm. um but mortal Kombat has always been my go-to and i think i think because i can't rip someone's heart out still beating <laughs> right weirdly enough that turns me off and if it was in there it would turn you it on would t- that's exactly correct <laughs> that's right dave are you a resident evil fan not really um you know i i've played uh some of the bigger ones like Resident Evil 4, and I think I played 5, but I, I'm not a diehard. But um, a Resident Evil 4, if it's a complete remake, that 100% intrigues me. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's probably going to be very similar to the 2 and 3, you'd think. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. played those, and they were they were fun. So, yeah, there's there's the remake, and there in uh, a closer game is Resident Evil Outrage, whatever that is, and that's supposed to be quarter 4 2021. Let's move into the... 2023 games uh monster hunter 6 biohazard apocalypse super street fighter 6 so brandon monster hunter 6 yes you're i knew that this one would be very appealing well is it gonna be i mean obviously we don't know but is it gonna be more like monster hunter world or more like the old monster hunters i wouldn't be surprised if it's a marriage yeah between the both um i think that monster hunter even more recently has got new life yeah. breathed into it and i think they will even continue to see growth because of the ps5 and the next gen well i think i think they want to keep growing world because it's a living game yeah I mean, yeah no exactly I'm, re- I'm really surprised to hear that date and i know this is just a leak and nothing's confirmed but from what i understood the main monster hunter team broke off to make rise and that just comes out in a couple months so whether this is like an actual world sequel or not will be will be interesting to see because that seems kind of soon to me um mm. But yeah, no, a big fully realized Monster Hunter World 2 would be excellent. Yeah, I I think we can assume that it will be World 2 because I looked this up and as far as mainline Monster Hunter games, there's been four of them. And then the fifth one is considered World. World. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So this would be the next follow up right. that, mainline. That's including like the DS game, though. Yeah. Yeah. I think that they have a good formula going. Mm-hmm. So even if they're is a little bit of surprise with the timeline itself. I think that they've laid, laid the groundwork with world enough, especially with even the PC port and everything like that. I feel like they got some good code in the bones there that they can probably pump things out a little bit quicker. Yeah. Um, because I feel like world worked and I'm going to be interested, like I said, to see the numbers continuing forward with next gen. Yeah. Dave, you had said something interesting that I didn't know. You said that monster hunter rise is from the, the world team. Yeah, I, I'm not 100% on that, but I thought I had heard that um, shortly after release, they broke off. They, they kept like a small team behind working on Iceborne, um, but the main part of the team actually transitioned to Rise um, for Switch. 
So it'd be curious to see who's actually working and how far along they are on this this new Monster Hunter game. But yeah. Yeah. So let's go into the far future of 2024. Final Fight Remake. Power Stone Remake. Wait, I need to, we need to stop. Yes. You said Biohazard. Yes. In for the Biohazard Apocalypse. Isn't Biohazard Resident Evil though? Yes. So it it so, might be some sort of spin-off from yeah. Resident Evil 7, like maybe on that same vein. Does that sound right? It could be. I mean, it's the same name. Right. So that would make sense. Yeah, but, but elsewhere, Biohazard is the name of Resident Evil, the whole series. Hmm. Right. Yeah, it's called Biohazard in Japan and Resident Evil in the US. And then for uh, Resident Evil 7. 7, they called it Resident Evil Biohazard in the US. And in Japan, and they called it Biohazard, Biohazard. Biohazard <laughs> Resident Evil. Hmm. So Interesting. I love that game. So I would be down for whatever right honestly so yeah these the 2024 final fight remake power stone remake ultra uh street fighter 6 and then this one resident evil hank is what was listed <laughs> well Dude, so we don't know what that propane? is <laughs> yeah <laughs> so the final fight remake is the one that's most intriguing to me here because final fight is like this old right. arcade game this like you know old school brawler beat em up so to see them revitalize that franchise is is pretty neat the other thing that's a little i don't know if concerning is the right word but with street fighter 5 they they just kept updating that original version yeah and exactly. so now we're seeing super street fighter 6 and ultra street fighter Dude, 6 yeah. they did the same thing with 5 so i'm i'm not surprised well didn't if you own five, it can update to the newer versions. I think you still have to buy the shit, man. Like, like I think even if it updates to the arcade version or whatever the fuck Street Fighter Five is called, I still don't think you get everything. I still think you have to buy it in game, so you still have the old game, right? So if if I boot up my my you know Street Fighter Five, I don't think I'm gonna have anything new at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I think I remember something like that, that they were like, well, you'll be able to unlock the new content in game for free. But you can also just buy it if right. you don't want to do that. Yeah. So there's always like strings attached, of course. So, yeah. Any other things that stand out to you guys here about this this leak? I'm noticing uh, you didn't say anything about Devil May Cry. I know we're only yeah. going four years out, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. Would now, have expected to hear that. So the main design or the the creative, I don't know if it's creative director or just the director overall of Devil May Cry. When before Devil, the latest Devil May Cry came out, I guess he had an option from Capcom to work on either a new Devil May Cry game or to work on Dragon's Dogma 2. Mm -hmm. And at that point, he chose Devil May Cry. So now it's cool to see that's like, Okay, we did the new Devil May Cry. Now we want to do that other project we had the option to do. So I don't think Devil May Cry, though, is done. I wouldn't be surprised if this is just like a tentative schedule. Yeah. I'm sure that some of these will not happen and there will be more as well. Right. right. But, but some of them will be pushed. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Hank's looking pretty promising, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, really interested to see where that goes, but. 
When is the the new Devil May Cry update coming out? Isn't that in January or something? It's out you now. mean the the remaster? Yeah, isn't is that it's already out? out? Yeah. No yeah. shit. You can buy it on. I thought that was coming out next year. Right now. No shit. Cool. Yeah. Oh, behind on schedule then. I have two quickies, and then we're gonna get into some talking about some game impressions overall uh, to round out the show. So the two quickies are. Spider-Man Remastered will now allow you to bring over your save data from the original. And the really good news for a lot of people is that when you do that, the trophies that you got in the original are going to pop instantly. Ooh-wee. So if you have platinum, load up that save. Double down. You got a second platinum. See, that is good news for some people. But I would, if I had bought the, the remaster, which I didn't, because uh, I didn't necessarily want to play it again. I would have bought it with the purpose of wanting to play it again and platinum it again. You could still do it the the natural. Yeah, way. I just wouldn't. You wouldn't want to transfer your save. Right. Yeah. So if I had done that accidentally, I would have been kind of irritated. Interesting. Personally. Yeah. But I know there's plenty of people who are like, yeah, I'll take their trophies for free. Sure. Or for so, 20 bucks, really. So whenever you buy the deluxe edition, is the first Spider-Man a digital code that comes with it? Well, I, it's only available digitally. Okay. It's yeah. not a code, though. I think it just comes with it yeah it's just packaged well i was just wondering if you bought the deluxe edition of the miles morales yeah if you let somebody borrow it i wouldn't think that it would it's only available digitally if you get the deluxe edition i'm pretty certain yeah i don't know if it comes on a code or how it works i'm just curious because now that you can put the saves in it's enticing to me but i think that i'll get what i need out of miles morales that i won't need to go back but i could be way wrong on that by the way it might be available physically but i don't know that for sure right yeah i don't know exactly how that works but either way i mean the the save transfer is nice and it's appealing to me because i never got the platinum originally Mm. but i think ben that i'm like you that if i if i started up spider-man remastered i would just start from the beginning yeah but dave i know that you got a ps5 did you pick up spider-man with that no, I didn't. Um, I I just was not super excited for for Miles Morales. Uh, I will. I, I mean, I just I'm I wasn't in the headspace to get back into it. But uh, you know, I'll, I'll definitely it's on my list. But you did make me think of something when you were talking about trophies, and I'm just curious. How do you guys feel about the new trophy popping sound on PlayStation Five? Hmm, uh, I haven't really thought about it. Yeah, I've heard it a bunch. I'm sure. Right. I know I have. Yeah. But I didn't even know it was different. Yeah, it is a little different. I like the mechanic in that it records a little video. Yeah. Now every oh, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It used to record just photos. You can turn it on and off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But and by the way, you should turn it off if you don't care about it, or at least go through and delete them. Because I went through and deleted everything that wasn't a platinum pop, which I think I've I've only got the two on the PS5 this far thus far. But it records that little video in high definition. For every trophy you pop. Yeah. And I had like five gig. Yeah. Eaten up. I mean, not that that's a huge amount, but like five gig that I'll never, ever care about. So I was like, oh, just deleting all these except for the platinums. Did you guys transfer your capture gallery? Because I did not. No. No, I didn't either. Yeah. I just started my PS5 totally fresh. Like I didn't transfer stuff over. I transferred some games, but definitely not my capture gallery. If I want to look at those and I probably never will. Then I'll boot up my PS4. I only transferred over or like my save from Ghost of Tsushima because I do intend on going back to that on PS5. 
maybe a couple other saves of games I didn't complete, but I think I might at some point. I, right. I transferred my Red Dead save, stuff like that. But I didn't transfer over any data other than that. I transferred nothing. I was yeah. like Kylo Ren in um, The Last <laughs> Jedi. I was just like, let the past die, kill it. I want to start <laughs> fresh. Yeah, absolutely nothing. But most of my games are digital anyway. So, I mean, if I want to install something, then it's just already sitting there for me. So, right. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. One last quickie. Doom Eternal on the Switch is still coming because we haven't heard. We knew that this port was coming, but they kind of haven't said when. But when it does come, it'll be a digital only release. And I just thought that was interesting because I still I forgot that that Doom Eternal port was still coming. Yeah, I didn't even think about it either. I'm wondering if they're having a hard time with it. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like that's a team that really wants to nail down the performance as much as they can. They want to make it work really well. More so than some other developers. Doom has to make it work well or it doesn't. It's not Doom. Right. So I could see them having problems. But I also think that with this landscape, it probably just like we forgot. <laughs> it kind of maybe was not at the forefront of their mind. I don't know. Yeah. Because well, they. I mean, they just released that God's pack, right? Yeah. So, you know, that was probably a priority first. I think they're if it's like the doom 2016 port they're outsourcing it to panic button which they do fantastic switch ports so but yeah it's one of those things i've always when i and we mentioned the witcher 3 earlier that like these ports don't appeal to me and i don't think they appeal to us overall and i don't even think that they're for people that never played doom or witcher they're for people that want to play it on the go right but dave you have you got a switch pretty in the last like year or two, right? Yeah, just last September. Right. I, I knew it was pretty recent, but that's the thing. I would playing a game like Doom on the Switch be appealing to you? No, absolutely not. And I'm wondering who this is really for. Um it's just personally, it's it's why would you want that downgraded of an experience? I guess, I, I guess if 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 your Switch is your primary sort of gaming machine, then sure. But I don't know. I just don't see the appeal of it. Right. It's it's approachable is the only thing I can think of. Yeah. So to end off our show, uh, we specifically, I should have said this at the beginning, the reason, the main reason that we're having you here, Dave, is to talk about Assassin's Creed Valhalla because you have been leading the charge on the different content we've done on the game for Anzim Phantom. And you've put some time in. Uh, ben has put some time in and so have I, but I wanted you to just kind of take it away with what you think about the game so far and like, let us know how far you're into it. Yeah, no. So I have been playing for the last, I guess about week and a half. Um, I'm about 15 hours in and, um, I guess I would sort of put myself in the category of handsome phantom assassin creed aficionados along with uh, Kevin Lucas and Sabrina, because we seem to play all these games. And um, I got to be honest, leading up to launch, I was not really looking forward to playing this game. There wasn't anything particular about it that sort of detracted me from wanting to play it. But I just I don't know if it's fatigue or, you know, the the series has kind of gone off in a different direction. Um, I don't know if you, you guys ever had kids that you grew up 
with school and and they sort of had no self of se- or sense of self identity and they just they always changed their style and what they did and the way they talked based on current trends. Ubisoft to me is kind of like that where whatever is cool and interesting in in sort of the the industry, we have to have a stamina bar, we have to have loot, we have to have power levels, all that kind of stuff. They just they seem to have to copy and paste that onto their games. Um, you know, they recently ruined Ghost Recon with that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's I, I've sort of been yeah. losing <laughs> losing my patience with uh, Assassin's Creed lately. But I got to tell you, the first 15 hours of playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla, in my opinion, is completely taken a 180 um, in terms of, you know, getting excited for the game. Um, I have been playing with sort of rose colored glasses on, um, playing an open world game like this on a shiny new PlayStation five has been an absolute treat. Um, Dustin, you, you sort of been on the, the forefront of the, you have to play with high FPS charge. And I'm sort of like Brandon where, you know, I've been playing on a base, like launch PlayStation four for the past seven years. So. Um, you know, I didn't upgrade to a PS4 Pro. I just have sort of a mid-range PC. But my goodness, playing an open-world game like this with these super fast load times and the the you know the high frames per second is just it's unreal. It's and again, 15 hours in, and I'm still in awe of of sort of how this game is performing and what I'm playing. So so yeah, it's been it's been technically you know a lot of fun to play. Um, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I, I have to commend Ubisoft. And I mean, it's interesting because we're, we're there's been a lot of issues that people have popped up about the PS5 and the Series X version that they have screen tearing and uh, they're not exactly perfect. But I do have to commend Ubisoft for taking the 60 FPS route with this game because they didn't do that with Watch Dogs Legion. And and David, I, I think you're kind of a, a testament to this, that clearly the 60 F version, the 60 FPS is just, would you say that it makes it more fun to play overall than previous Assassin's Creed games as far as combat? Absolutely. Big time. Um, it's, it just makes such a difference in the moment to moment gameplay. And it, I don't know, it's, it's, I never would have thought that, you know, a high frame rate would have had this much of a difference, but it really, really does. And, um, yeah, I just finished playing Greedfall, which is, yeah, that's an open road game. It's, you know, by sort of a B studio, but going from something like that to this, um, where they have similar sort of like color tones and landscapes and stuff like that. It's just, it's night and day and it's absolutely unbelievable. But, um, but yeah, no, it's, it, it makes a difference big time. And a lot of people even, you know, speaking to Sabrina and Kevin who have been playing Valhalla, um, they've had a lot of issues. I've been fortunate not to have as many issues as them. Um, I think I've had one crash and I do notice the screen tearing here and there, but again, th- these aren't things that really take you too far out of the experience. Um, you know, if I had had more crashes and stuff like that, I'm sure it would, but you know, for the most part, my experience, the performance has been really, really good. Yeah. Kevin, Kevin can't complain about screen screen tearing or anything because he was the biggest marvel's avengers stand in the entire world despite it kicking me through the world and dropping me through the floor and blue screening on me six times a night while we were playing together and he was still like no this is a fantastic game so kevin is not allowed to ever complain about screen tearing (laughs) that's all i'm Uh, saying (laughs) aside from the performance um i think 
you know, the, the, the sort of world they've created is, and, and the time period they've chosen is, is pretty fantastic. I've never really been into Vikings. I've kind of found them to be the annoying douchey gym bros of like the, you know, early, um, after death sort of history. And I've just found them just not very appealing, but they've somehow managed to put really interesting characters in the game. Um, Ivor, the main character, he's not really the most interesting assassin we've ever had, but his adopted brother Sigurd, I'm really finding to be an interesting guy. Early on in the game, you meet um, Ivar and and Uba, who are the the sons of Ragnar Lothbrok, which you might know from the Vikings, and they're all really interesting people. Um, plus, playing in like this time period of England where the the entire country is broken up there's all these different kings and leaders you see all the past influence of this this roman empire who's recently left and there's statues who are broken and you know being excavated and stuff it's really an interesting living and breathing world and you know despite the fact that i've had this sort of fatigue you got to give it to ubisoft for you know just two years removed from uh, odyssey and i know it's a different development team but they consistently put out these really, really interesting worlds. And looking at the last three games, uh, Origins and Egypt, Odyssey in um, ancient Rome and Greece, this has got to be the best of all three in terms of, you know, really interesting living and breathing worlds. Yeah. So here's my question for all three of you, actually, is that something that I've struggled with in this last three has been it hasn't felt enough like Assassin's Creed to me. And I don't know what that means necessarily, but when you guys play it, do you guys feel like you're playing an Assassin's Creed game? Because no. I feel like it tries to be a lot, at least the last three. And I feel like it gets kind of eluded because of that. Well, just to put it in perspective for me real quick, this is the first Assassin's Creed game I'm playing. Other than maybe like a couple hours of Odyssey and a couple hours of Black Flag, I haven't played one through since um assassin's creed 3 which is probably the reason i haven't played one because i played assassin's creed 3 but i played all of them before that and it, this definitely doesn't feel the same the, the one thing i will say feels like oh this feels right is the parkouring and the climbing the combat doesn't feel the same you know anything that's not necessarily a bad thing but i think the reason i mean assassin's creed then the brand sells so like make a game that's a little different has some of the same threads put assassin's creed on it if it's a good game, it's going to sell. Yeah. The the thing for me, Brandon, is that for the most part, when I was playing, like I put about eight hours into it. And towards the end of that eight hours, I did do a mission where I had to go and kill somebody specific. And that mission for me felt the most like old Assassin's Creed in that I played it very stealthy. Like there were like lookout guys that I hit with my arrow and then I climbed up the building and I was in the rafters and then I did like a, a drop assassination on the guy and it felt very reminiscent of of old Assassin's Creed. Right. But everything before that was much more the the new style in that I was going on uh, raids where I was like pillaging and stealing people's uh, resources and stuff like that. So it definitely is more of the line of the the new. Yeah style yeah but and, and to be honest it's good for a game to develop and i don't know that it would make sense for it to all feel old but to me i feel like it's lean towards something i don't like as much in that type of game um and i really 
stayed for the assassins mentality the assassin gameplay you know stuff like that so whenever you divert from that a little bit it kind of turns me off personally um but you know maybe i just need to give it another chance yeah. so no it's it goes back to what i said at the beginning where they're trying to shoehorn all these sort of modern loot and, and power level systems into the game and if i i mean if, if you weren't into origins or odyssey then i don't think there's much to really sort of sway you valhalla's way um but again it's it's just as as far as open world games go it's it's really interesting the other thing they've done if they've sort of departed from side missions where you have like instead these little micro world events that only take you a short time to finish but every single one i've gone through has actually been really interesting or funny or something and it's not somebody who sends you six different ways to go and get this for this person and kill this guy it just all happens in one contained area within five minutes so they're sort of polishing that formula um but i mean you know they, they have departed from sort of the old style of assassin's creed big time Ezio is no more no yeah. Dave, one thing I wanted to ask you, since you you've gotten a lot further in the game than both Ben and I, is that so something that I've I've noticed and I haven't finished any of these three most recent Assassin's Creed games. So maybe I'm speaking completely from ignorance, but I've always been surprised at how minimal the actual assassins have been in the game. Uh, This most recent one, Valhalla, there is like right off the bat, this is light spoilers i guess for the beginning that there is clearly someone that's from the assassins and you sort of get to know this character so it almost felt like to me that they're the the focus of the game is more so on the the vikings themselves and not the the order of assassins does that kind of increase as you play yeah so i i certainly and again i'm i'm not a whole lot further than where you probably would have left off but um it certainly seems like the the focus of this particular um sort of version of assassin's creed is it's not so much about the assassins themselves rather it is the the order of the ancients transforming into the modern day templars um our origins and odyssey really more focused on you know the actual origins of the assassins themselves so um yeah i mean you're right like it's these 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 new versions of the game don't really go into too much about you know the assassins brotherhood themselves but are more trying to tell the story of of how the templars came to be if that makes sense but but yeah right so ben we have you and I talked a little bit about our impressions. I think that was like two weeks ago, but you've put some more time in as a returning Assassin's Creed fan. We talked about how it's not quite the same, but how are you finding the game overall? Yeah. And just to, just to be very clear, I've played very little more since since we talked. Um, But I mean, I like it. I, I agree. I didn't really put the, the connection until Dave said it, but the fact that you're doing those little micro missions instead of like, a six hour side quest uh, is really cool. And like I went into this little town on my way to another town. I was like, I'm just going to stop and see what's here. And there were like 25 things showing up that I could go and get. And when I turned it off like an hour later, I was like, Oh, those are half gone already. Like that would have taken forever in one of the older games uh, to get, to get rid of all that stuff or in any other game like this. So that is cool. Um, I very much 
I'm a, I'm a check mark kind of guy. A lot of people use like the Ubisoft formula and say that, you know, it's, oh, it's just check boxes and they use that as a derogatory thing. I love that. That's actually, it drives me to want to keep playing and check everything off the map. So I like that about it. And that's very satisfying. So this is continuing that for me. I mean, j- again, just in the little I've played it, um, probably a total of three hours at most. So I'm enjoying that part of it. And, you know, it'll scratch the itch. And I don't, I got to be honest right now. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to platinum it. I know I'm probably going to not even finish it because mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm a 150 hour kind of gameplay guy for the platinum or whatever. But uh, right now I love it. I'm like wanting to go back and play more. Nice. Yeah. So Dave, to kind of cap off this, cause I don't want to, you know, I think, I don't think it would be fair to go too much further since none of us are even, I would say a third into the game, but overall Dave for Assassin's Creed fans so far, you think that this, if someone hasn't picked this up yet, this is something you would recommend. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. And, and again, if you, if you weren't fans of the the last two games, then I don't think there's a whole lot here to really change. If you're really into Vikings or you're interested in this time period, then um, I would definitely check it out. If you just run up, want a really quality open world game um, with a pretty intriguing story that you don't need to have a whole lot of previous knowledge in the series, then yeah, I would definitely pick this up. There is two things I want to sort of add in just to sort of round out my opinion on this. <laughs> Um, number one, the combat is not great. It's, uh, it's really a step back, I think from other games. What I will say is, um, you know, for a Viking game, I expected it to feel a lot more heavy, a lot more engaging. It feels very light and flaily. Um, but once you progress a little bit more and you get more abilities and you get better weapons, it does improve. But even now, 15 hours into the game, I would say it's just sort of approaching okay territory. Um, the other thing I mentioned about sort of, you know, loot and power and, and, you know, a combat focus over sort of assassinating and sneaking, it's, it's sad because, you know, the the series used to be, as Brandon said, sort of the old style, like an assassin's game. But what I will say is in this sort of Viking context, being a raider, being a pillager, it actually kind of works thematically. And I think that sort of lends itself back to sort of, you know, moment to moment gameplay that actually makes sense. So I think with all that said, I would absolutely recommend this game to any fan of the series at this point. Or if once again, you're just looking for a really quality open world experience. So, so yeah, I mean, that's where I put it right now. I'm, I'm really excited to get back and keep playing it and and round out the story and, and probably play even more once I've wrapped up the story. Yeah. So right now, Assassin's Creed, it's out on, PS4, Xbox One, or PC, and it is a free upgrade if you buy it now. So if you aren't able to get your hands on a next-gen console, you can always pick it up, start playing now, and then carry over your save once uh, once you do get one. Yeah. So, yeah, that's about it for our show then. Just uh, this week. Just to make sure we're fully disclosing. Yes. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla review code provided by Ubisoft. Provided by Ubisoft. Yeah. That's correct. Not that that influences it, but... It- we should it's important. It. We yeah. should say it. Yeah, I agree. So, Dave, thank you so much for joining us on the show. It's great on, to have hold you. Hold on, hold on. Is dreams oh. and a shout out not a thing anymore? No, we haven't done that in yeah, like it months. Hasn't been oh. for a while. <laughs> Dave, you can have a dream and a shout out, but no one else for this episode to 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 send us home. Okay. 
I'm I'm dreaming of PAX East 2021. That's what I'm dreaming about, fellas. Ain't happening. Ben and I were just (laughs) talking about this last night. Yeah, if only. Um, and uh, I guess my shout out is to uh, Dustin for for sort of the yeoman work that you're putting in on um, on the CLS side of things. I don't know if we're allowed to plug that, but no, you're you're doing great work over there. So yeah, there you go. Thank you. You Plug anything. It's your shout out. That's right. Thanks, Dave. (laughs) I appreciate that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll have you on again soon. Dave, I want to have you on, on After Dark because specifically my, my wife, Holly, you know her, of course. Mm-hmm. She, uh, she listens to the episodes and she recently listened to your episode where we talked about the dick displacement. And so uh, I think we need to have you on again soon so for, sure. for, for moments like that. Okay, I got to come up with new material, but can we, also, <laughs> right. can we also shout out the one, I can't remember his name, the guy in our Discord who actually... Um, tested our theory oh, oh <laughs> right. my goodness yeah yeah well we should we should talk about his findings on the next next after dark episode that's right yeah we can't we can't reveal too much to yeah. the general public here deal but a- after dark is for science so we'll just keep it there <laughs> right dave when they when they reopen the borders you're gonna have to actually come and do one in person oh I like boy. it uh, yeah totally down yeah <laughs> or we'll come up there and do one in person whatever i'll i'll bring the heavy cream how about that uh, oh no i didn't need one of those in person oh jeez. and for as a plug if anyone has, a lot of people have no idea what we're talking about this episode of after dark is available on the on the free feeds so go uh check it out check it's that called out. yeah displacement it's called displacement that's right <laughs> all right everybody thanks for listening we'll see you next week bye see ya The HP Podcast is fan-funded through patreon.com slash handsomephantom. Thank you to our Patreon producers. Edward Walton, Stewie108, Charles Pedersen, Toby Ryland, Matthew Major, Shuttlesworth, Michael J. Sutherland, Jared Cavaliero, and Jason Cannon.